Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 20 The Lord answer you in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your sufferings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your victory and in the, in, in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord will help his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories by his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and some in horses, but our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. They will collapse and fall, but we shall rise and stand upright. Give victory to the King, O Lord. Answer us when we call. Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 21 through 25. He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket, or the bed, and not be on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. The measure you will you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given you. For to those who have, more will be given. And from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Good morning, and welcome to the first Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Frederick, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 20. Numbers 6 and Mark 4, and the theme, it appears, for this morning is to kind of, you know, to get up and do the damn thing. And I say that because um, the the benediction, the ironic blessing, um, is typically given, at least in Christian churches, is given at the end of a service, right as you're about to leave and go back into the world. Uh, one of my favorite churches um, is a Catholic church in Camden, New Jersey. Uh, there is a stained glass window above the front door, and you, uh, in the morning, as you left the church, um, it said, "May you go in peace," and it implied that you were beginning. You know, the your your work as a Christian begins when you leave church, when you get out and do the thing uh, or things that you were called to do by God. 
It's the only place I've ever seen stained glass. Actually, that's absolutely, absolutely false. I was about to say it's the only place where I've seen a stained glass pointing inward, but they literally all point inward. What I liked about it was that it was a reminder that as you leave, you're not leaving, but you're actually entering the world that God has given us to um, inhabit and to um, to illuminate and, and to make uh, more joyful and, and just. And it's coupled with this um, chapter in Mark or this passage in Mark uh, about a lamp under a bushel basket. And I remember... I was told once by somebody that I'm no longer on good terms with, um, you know, I was encouraged that like, you know, don't hide your, your, your talents, your, your skill under a bushel basket and, you know, don't put the lamp under the bushel. And I believe it appears elsewhere in the gospels. Um, and it was an encouragement to, to, you know, be confident in what I was doing and, and keep doing it. Um, and, it was about going out and doing the thing that God would have me do. Um, and as uh, in the, the final kind of verses in this passage of Mark, uh, it says, those who have more will be given, and those who have nothing more will be taken away. And it's this weird, confusing thing. Um, and I don't think it's in Mark, but uh, the other place this line comes up is with the parable of the talents where um, this king gives three servants three different amounts and they they invest it, quote-unquote. You know, investing didn't exist at the time. And then the two got this king more money. And the third guy um, said, oh, you know, I buried it and uh, I didn't want to tell you because you're, you know, you're a wicked man or you're, you know, people don't like you. And the king says, oh, well, you know, he locks up the third guy and um, he says, you you know, he takes those talents and gives it to the other two to invest and make more money. And for some fucking reason, Dave Ramsey and, and other like prosperity gospel types use this passage to uh, to encourage people to like, you know, I was gonna, well, hoard money uh, to try and make more um, and this idea is built upon it wouldn't be possible to interpret this passage in this way if it weren't for this you know protestant work ethic in america of like if you work you get rewarded and it's simply not true i mean slaves worked for centuries and they weren't rewarded it's you know dem uh, demonstrably false you don't always get rewarded for work even farmers like you know to, even to stay within the agrarian imagination of the bible like Sometimes you just don't get rain. Um, it is it it is not that the more you work, the more you'll be rewarded. Hard work does not always pay off. Um, and read in light of these, uh, this other passage, the the ironic blessing and the bushel basket thing, um, it's a reminder, I think, um, that the work we do may not always appear to be successful, but it's not success or effectiveness that we're called to. We're called to be good and we're called to do work and to do good work and to be good people. Um, that work will not always bear the fruit that we wish. Um, we don't always see the results of our work. Um, you know, the, uh, the idea that, you know, 
that we should we should see you know our work succeed or we're entitled to like you know reward or compensation even um, is kind of a modern uh, creation. What I find so interesting about the um, about the parable of the talents is that this third servant is actually the protagonist of the parable. Um, he does what a devout, innocent, you know, God-fearing Jew would do. He takes this thing that he's told is is to create stuff, and he he plants it. He treats it as you know a, a natural thing that will grow and produce more. And of course, he knows, and the king knows, and the others know, and the readers know that that's not how money works. Um, and then when he's honest to the king, he said, "Look, nobody likes you. Everybody's afraid of you." The king proves his point by having him killed or locked up or whatever it is. Um, and this um, this parable is is built on this historic event that happened right around the year of Jesus' birth when Herod the Great dies and his three sons uh, have um, his territory split up between them. And one of his sons, Archelaus, is nobody likes him. And he's actually the king of Galilee. Uh, which is the the region where Jesus was born and performed most of his ministry. Archelaus goes to Rome. He's a king who's going to be leaving, and he goes to Rome uh, to try and you know claim all of his father's land for himself and to do it with Rome's blessing because that's what his father did. He got all his land, or he secured his land through um, allying himself with Rome, and so in the parable. This king is going away, just like Archelaus, and he wants more when he comes back because he deserves it. He's entitled to it, and he has servants who he thinks think like him, and he doesn't realize that he's actually unpopular. All of this is straight out of the history books. You can look it up. You can Google it. Like This happened in 4 BC after, uh, actually it could have been about 6 BC, but after Herod's death, his son vied. His sons vied for power, and as uh, Rome sided with Antipas, not Archelaus, um, but nobody liked him, and so Jesus uses this historical moment um, that a lot of people, like Dave Ramsey and prosperity gospel types, have lost touch with. They don't pick up a history book and realize that it's hypocritical <laughs> and it just doesn't fit with the rest of the Bible um, to believe that the king is somehow the protagonist. Um, the king shows us those kinds of people who think their work deserve to be rewarded, who are so accustomed to getting things that they want that they think that they can have other people do things for them um, and get them something they want, which is, I mean, it's not slavery, but it's damn close to it. Um, and so uh, these two passages this morning uh, are not a call to work hard so that you can be rewarded. They are a call to do the kinds of things and to be the kind of people that God made us to be. And that our reward is in heaven, that we might not see the fruits of our labor. I think of you know uh, Teresa of Calcutta, um, who had these profound doubts and who worked her, you know, she had this you know epiphany moment with God and she started her, her life as a sister of charity and she never had that same experience with God the rest of her life. Um, and she never seemed to be entitled or feel entitled to it. She didn't quit because she didn't get what she wanted. 
She was called to work. She understood the work, and the work itself was enough of a reward to keep her going. She had her doubts, but she kept doing it till the day she died. And that's uh, what work means for believers. Um, that if we if we love God and we want to serve God, and God calls us to work, we shouldn't expect some kind of reward more than uh, you know being in right relationship with God. Um, and so we aren't to keep our our, li- our lamps under a bushel, but that doesn't mean that we have to be you know at the top of the hill and everybody see us and you know stand in awe of us. Like that's not the point. Um, we shouldn't take encouragement so far um, that it turns into entitlement. When we are um, blessed to do work, um, and a, a priest you know lays their hands on us and gives us this ironic blessing. Um, it is not, uh, you know, a promise of, you know, peace and prosperity. Uh, it's a promise of God's relationship. Um, when you, um, do this work that you're called to, um, the reward is the work itself and the, the relationship, the ongoing relationship, um, and intimacy with God. It's not, you know, something more. That in and of itself is the thing that um, that we are called to, and that um, you know brings us close to God. A prayer for the harvest of lands and waters, from the Book of Common Prayer. O gracious God, who opens your hand and fills all things living with plenteousness, bless the lands and waters, and multiply the harvests of the world. Let your spirit go forth, that it may renew the face of the earth. Show your loving kindness, that our land may give her increase, and save us from selfish use of what you give. That men and women everywhere may give you thanks. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.